Aristea Goes Everywhere, Episode 1, Milan Every night when Aristea went to bed, her mother or her grandmother or her auntie would tell her stories of places and people all over the world. And every night Aristea would dream of great people and breathtaking places. In the morning when she awoke, Aristea would continue to think about the stories and her dreams. She supposed she must be a princess, because in the stories, princesses always had long, beautiful hair like Aristea. Aristea's hair was a particular color that was not blonde and not brown, but somehow both with bits of gold in it. She liked to wear headbands with sparkly jewelry, which her mother told her were not real jewels, but Aristea didn't believe that was true. They were so sparkly, they must be real. Aristea also believed she was a princess because in the stories, princesses were always surrounded by people who mostly loved them. And Aristea had her mother and father, her grandparents, her aunts and uncles, and she even knew that she was a special favorite of Miss Ruthie, who liked to send her books and special things from all over the world when she traveled. Of course, princesses also sometimes had people who wished bad things on them. And Aristea wasn't quite sure who that might be, but she had a suspicion that it was Mateo, who lived near her house and often tried to keep the swing the whole time he was outside, instead of properly sharing it. But Aristea also knew that princesses' lives weren't always lovely and fun, and she knew that because of the stories the people who loved her would tell her. Aristea knew that sometimes princesses had to do very hard things, and she wondered what hard things she might need to do someday. Since she couldn't figure it out, she decided to prepare for anything. One day, her mother asked Aristea if she would like to visit Milan, a city in Italy. Milan is a very interesting and beautiful city, her mother Antonella said. It's a capital of fashion. And there was once a queen of Italy from Montenegro named Yelena, who spent a lot of time there. Milan is also the home of one of the most famous murals in the world, The Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci. Where is Milan? Aristea asked her mother. Antonella took out a map and showed Aristea where Europe was. Then she pointed to a part of Europe that looked just like a boot. This is Italy. You can see where we live here. Antonella pointed out a little football-looking island right near the toe of the boot. This is Sicily. We'll need to take an airplane almost up to Switzerland in the north of Italy, and that is where we'll find Milan. Of course, Aristea was very excited about visiting Milan, and so to prepare, she decided to start learning about fashion. She visited the library with her mother, and together they found several fashion magazines. Aristea planned to get ideas from the magazines about how to dress in one of the fashion capitals of the world. As they flipped through the pages, Aristea became a bit dismayed. These clothes seem very crazy, she told Antonella. Well, this is high fashion, Antonella replied. The clothing is supposed to be a concept. We probably won't see people wearing these things on the street. 
Aristea looked at a photo of a woman wearing a shirt with two different styles of sleeves and three distinct places that could possibly be holes for her head. Maybe I'll just wear very nice clothes so that I know where my head goes. Has Milan always been known for fashion? she asked. For at least 200 years, Antonella told her. In fact, the queen that I told you about was pictured in many magazines as a beautiful and perfect example of a classical beauty with a queen's style. Aristea was very excited as she and her mother boarded the plane. She had been sure to pack clothes that were quite pretty and which looked new, although all of them had only one hole for her head. She also picked her prettiest headbands with the most sparkly jewelry on them, except for one which was covered all over in flowers. Flowers are always in fashion, said Antonella. As the plane took off, Aristea begged her mother to tell her more about Queen Yelena. Well, Antonella began, Elena was born with the name Yelena, and she was born in Montenegro. She was a Montenegrin princess. Oh, Aristea said, covering her mouth with her hand, Nona is from Montenegro. Yes, Antonella continued, Nona also carries herself like a princess, like many Montenegrin women of status do. Yelena was the daughter of Prince Nicola, who later proclaimed himself King Nicola. She was very smart, and the whole family, which was called the Petrosniegos family, would converse at dinner each night in French about politics and poetry. Even the women were involved in the conversations, which wasn't something women in every country at the time were allowed to do. But Prince Nicola loved his beautiful, smart, and strong daughters, and he raised them to be very commanding women. Later, Yelena went to study in Russia and attended the Russian imperial family there. Two of her sisters married Russian dukes and were very important in the events that led to the downfall of the Russian Romanov family. But we won't talk about them just now. Oh, please, Aristea said, I want to know everything. Right now, we're talking about Yelena, said Antonella. And there's one more thing you should know that is very important. Yelena was very tall. Why is being tall important? Aristea asked. She was a bit upset about this revelation, because Aristea was quite normal in height. It's very important, because when Yelena finally decided to get married, she chose the Prince of Italy. Victor Emmanuel, and he was quite short. So short, in fact, that he came only to Yelena's shoulder. Oh, that sounds so funny, said Aristea. Well, it's not good to laugh at others, but many at the time did find it very amusing. Yelena had to change her name to something that was Italian, so she became Elena, and she always referred to her husband as my little prince. Did she do that in public? asked Aristea. Surely that did not sound very polite at all. Oh, she only did this amongst friends, and she said it was such love that no one doubted her feelings for him. Antonella continued. At first, the Italians had trouble accepting Elena, but she gave birth to a very strong young prince who grew much taller than his father. And, as we talked about earlier, Elena was quite lovely and dressed beautifully, and so she was often featured in fashion magazines. Her husband became king, and she queen in 1900, but she continued to raise her children simply and with humility. 
And because of her warmth and all these other qualities, Italy came to accept the Montenegrin princess. But it was after an earthquake in Messina in 1908 that Italy fully embraced Elena as their Italian queen. Messina is in Sicily, Aristea exclaimed, excited that she recognized something in her mother's story. Yes, you are there nearly every day, Antonella teased her, eyes sparkling. After the Messina earthquake, Elena worked tirelessly. She toured disaster sites, raised money, and even in some cases worked amongst the victims herself in order to help. Finally, everyone saw Elena as the strong motherly person she was, and they simply adored her for it. Often she was more popular than her husband. During World War I, Elena became a nurse. She turned two of the royal residences into war hospitals, nursed patients herself, and even continued her education to get actual nursing degrees. Elena became so interested in the cause of health that she spent large amounts of her own money to fund research on diseases that devastated children at the time, such as polio. No wonder everyone loved her, Aristea said, and she thought, perhaps if I'm a princess, I can help the world by being a nurse as Queen Elena was, just like my Nona too. But, Antonella said, Elena's biggest tragedies were still to come. World War II was even more horrible and devastating than World War I. Terrible things were done on the basis of ethnicity and culture, and Italy was under the power of the dictator Benito Mussolini. Although Elena managed to save her Montenegrin nephew from German imprisonment, at the end of the war, she, the King of Italy, and her children still had to flee their country ahead of the Allied advances. All of Elena's children fled, Antonella said, except one. Raised by her mother to be brave and fearless in the Montenegrin way, Elena's daughter, Princess Mafalda of Savoy, was seen by Hitler as someone attempting to defeat the Nazis. Mafalda was passing information to the Allies, information that she gained through her husband, who was a member of the Nazi party. At the end of the war, Mafalda was deceived by the Germans and arrested, then taken to Buchenwald concentration camp, where she died. Queen Elena never recovered from Mafalda's death. That is so sad that her child died, Aristea said. But Princess Mafalda was very brave. In her mind, Aristea was in awe that a princess would risk her life in such a way, and she began to realize that being brave was a much harder task than she had expected. I think I would be very scared. I don't know if I could be as brave as that. It was very, very hard for Mafalda, said Antonella. She had children that she left behind as well, but being brave isn't about having no fear. It's about being afraid and doing what is right anyway. This story is turning out to be a tragedy, Aristea cried. She was very emotional about the Princess Mafalda and her fate. I wish all princess stories could end happily ever after. Unfortunately, in history, there are more tragedies than happily ever afters, Antonella told Aristea. In her mind, Aristea decided that even if life had to be a tragedy, and she hoped it did not, she would still try to be courageous like Princess Mafalda and strong like Queen Elena. What happened to Queen Elena next? Like the other royal exiles, Elena and her husband ended up in Egypt, but King Victor Emmanuel died soon after the war's end. 
Elena went to France, but she lived only a few years before she also died of cancer. Their surviving children lived very long lives, however. An announcement came over the intercom on the plane. They were getting ready to land in Milan. Aristea was very excited to see this old and famous city, but now she understood that there was tragedy underneath the beautiful exterior, and it made the stories about everything she would see much more vivid and beautiful. The next day, Aristea and her mother had an appointment to see the Milan Cathedral, the Duomo. She was particularly looking forward to climbing up on the rooftop terraces. I've never been on the roof of a church before, she excitedly said to her mother. It is something you can't do anywhere else, her mother told her. Antonella had never been on the roof of the Duomo either, and she was eager to take many, many pictures for her Instagram. The Duomo was overwhelming for Aristea, who struggled to behave as a princess should in a sacred church. But there were so many colors in the windows, and so many statues on the roof, and so many people surrounding her, that after about 45 minutes, Aristea tugged on her mother's shirt and asked quietly if they could please go somewhere else. Antonella had taken all the pictures she needed, and she saw that Aristea needed to sit quietly for a few minutes, so she agreed, and the two stopped for a gelato at one of the small cafes around the square. After a bit, Aristea felt more calm and began asking more questions. What else are we going to do today? She asked Antonella. Are we going to see everything? You absolutely can't see everything in Milan in the two days we have here, Antonella said. But that's good. You should always have a reason to return. Next, we're going to see the museums in the Sforza Castle. And you should pay special attention to the art museum because you know Miss Ruthie will want to hear all about the art you see. Aristea tried very hard, but even though she knew princesses appreciated art, all the paintings began to look alike to her. Why are so many of the people holding books? she asked. Finally, she saw one painting that she thought she could mention. Her mother showed her the information panel, which said it was painted by Correggio and showed the Virgin Mary holding Jesus with John the Baptist next to them. It was called Bolognini Madonna. I like it because Mary is making the face you make at my dad when he says something silly, Aristea told Antonella. Noticing things like expressions is a very good way to consider art, her mother told her. Next, Aristea and Antonella visited a church called San Bernardino Aleosa. Aristea was shocked to see that the walls of one of the rooms were entirely decorated in bones. Why would you put people's bones all over the walls? Aristea exclaimed. The cemetery ran out of room about 800 years ago, said Antonella. This way, everyone is still buried in a holy place, and as a bonus, they're still visited and admired by many people, instead of having their graves forgotten in time. Very few 800-year-old graves are still visited by thousands of people every year. By the end of her second day in Milan, Aristea was absolutely exhausted. They had seen so many things, but there were still many, many more things to see. The streets of Milan were noisy and quite crowded, but even though they were busy, the people weren't mean about it and would always exclaim scusi when they would accidentally bump into her and the staff at the hotel and the restaurants always told Aristea what lovely hair she had, slipped her extra gelato, and nodded their heads quite knowingly when she told them about her plans to be a good and brave princess. What were your favorite parts? 
Antonella asked Aristea as they sat on the plane. I can't believe I saw things that were 2,000 years old, Aristea said. And I don't remember much about the art, but it was very beautiful. I think art is for older princesses. Antonella made the same face as the Madonna in the painting that Aristea liked, and Aristea giggled at her. We'll have to come back and see the rest now, Antonella said. And Aristea nodded happily as she drifted to sleep in her seat, dreaming about visiting Milan again as a fashionable and grown-up princess. <laughs>